It doesn't change, and I'm going to start recording this out because we are going to do the blessings, and they'll be on the recording. But we're going because this is all kind of laying our foundation, and so on that first judgment day, Hasetan said, "Yeah, I've seen him. You know, if you didn't, if he's." Of course, he praises you. He would give everything. You protect him. Nobody's allowed to touch him. God says, God says, fine. Take it all away. Just don't touch him. Okay? And he loses everything, and his response is, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord is taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, yeah. And it says, and it says very clearly, so the judgment in all this, Job did not sin or, change God with, or charge God with wrong. No. Okay, so you go to the next chapter, and it's slow. Then it says, again there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came along with them, among them to present himself before the Lord. Mm-hmm. So you have one judgment day, mm-hmm. and, and I, I find it very interesting that all the things that happen, it says, and on his heels was another runner with this message, and on his heels was another runner with this message. And all those horrible things... What, I propose is that Rosh Hashanah and the days of awe, mm-hmm. the 10 days of awe where these things were happening and, and Job didn't curse God. Mm-hmm. And now we come to Yom Kippur a week later and because that's also a judgment day. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, everything happens in Hasetan's there. And he goes, where are you from? He goes, I've been roaming around, looking at what everybody's doing. He goes, have you seen Job? Did you see how he didn't curse me? Mm-hmm. He goes, well, that's because you won't let me touch him. Mm-hmm. And God says, fine, touch him. But don't take his life. So that's mm-hmm. on Rosh Hashanah? Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur. That's, that's my suggestion because okay. of how the timing okay. is laid out. Okay. okay. I, I'm, I'm suggesting okay. that, that, if nothing else, this is a way to view it. Okay. So... Then, so all this stuff happens, and then it says, um, now when Job's three friends heard of all this evil that had come upon him, they came each from his own place, and they came to him, and when they saw him from a distance, they did not recognize him, and they raised their voices, and then it says, and they sat with him on the ground seven days and seven nights, which the travel time, I would suggest, is a picture, this is Sukkot, Mm -hmm. where they come and they sit with him where he is for seven days, and then they begin to speak. And we don't have a real clear timeline on that, but Sukkot's ten, like eight, nine days. Mm-hmm. So, so they have this big conversation, and God will come in at the end of it and have some very big things to say yeah. about a whole bunch of things. Mm-hmm. So um, let's go ahead and do the blessings, and then we will come back and, do, and, and get to what he says. Okay, you want after the blessings? Okay, but we'll start with that. We're starting with your question. So, um, got you. The Lord is one. Blessed be the name of his glorious kingdom forever and ever. Amen. It's okay. It's okay. 
Me ha tada la na ya lo me ha. Be ko la ba be ka. Be ko na shi ka. Be ko me o de ka. Be ha yu ha barim ha ele. Asher anohi mitzava hayom aleva be ka. Be shinatam leva ne ka. Be di bar taba. And yes, I do see that the white is hard to see, and that will be fixed. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I'm like... I was not keeping up to Google. I'm so sorry, but I see it, I really do. Okay. Um, oh, okay, no. The English. Yeah, go the next, go the English. You went probably went backwards. We just... It was just, just up there. It was just there. And there we go. There you go. And, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words which I command to you this day shall be on your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your children, thinking of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. And you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall come Is it going forward? Oh, it did. Go back. Oh. You went too far. One more back time. Back one more. No. Okay. Is it? There, there no, should be one more. Oh. oh, wait, wait. And you, you no. Oh, and you shall, and you shall, and you shall bind them. Oh yeah, yeah that's not on there. Teach your children when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. There should be you one more after this. Go one more. Does it? Does it really? I thought I fixed that. I don't know why that's not on there. Give. No. No, that's the Lord's prayer in English. Hold on, I'm gonna look because I thought I had that on there. I will. Ah, uh, I will fix that. Shoot. Okay. Um, you should, yeah, and when you rise up. And you should buy them. Go ahead. Okay. Erica. No, don't do it. No, you do it. You're doing it great. Sign on your hands, and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. And you shall rise up on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. See, this is all test. Really, I did this on purpose. I was going to say that. I did this on purpose. So, Avinu Shibashamayim Yikadesh Shimka. Kavo malhuteka yeseretzneka ba'aretz ka'asher ma'asal v'shamayim tenlanu hayom lechem hukenu uselaklanu at ashmatenu. Does it not have the second part of that either? Oh wow! Uh, uh, I don't know. Akmulanu amen. I I don't know all the. Yeah. It really. Hayom lechem hukenu. I don't know why. I put those on there very specifically, and I don't see them, so I might not have saved it right. So go ahead to the Lord's Prayer. Go to the English then. The English part. The English part. Go to the next one, yeah. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. And now my eyes are so strained. 
Oh my goodness. So children, come be blessed. Little ones. Wee ones who are not so wee anymore. <laughs> no, you are not wee. Okay, come under. Okay, I don't think he wants to. Yeah, you gotta take both sides though. I like oh yeah. <laughs> okay. What's that? Let's see if this works, and if not, we'll just skip it. Okay. Just yeah, there should be a uh, an arrow inside the picture. Do you see it down at the bottom? At the bottom of my arrow inside the picture. Uh oh. The play button. Wait, don't touch it. <laughs> Maybe she's need to tap the bottom to get it. Really? We could just just wing it and go with Amazing Grace. That's my go-to song. We can do that. You know, that must be the working. We're just gonna acapella Amazing Grace, and we're gonna praise God. Woo! And this is a really beautiful song, so I'm gonna have to get it to work for next time because this is really, I really love this. Let's pray. 
than when we first begun. So the reason you want to do the, you want to do the praise, we'll do the praise okay. God. Now I love the praise God. I don't have signs to lead me. <laughs> praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God, 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 praise God. Amen. 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 No, I'd actually, I had wanted the Chris Tomlin song, you know, uh, yeah. Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone, was the first one that I had put in. And one of the reasons why this song, so I'm glad you suggested that. I was thinking that'd be nice, but I didn't want to ask everybody to sing a cappella. Um, but the thing that really, that I wanted was, um, to contrast, and you were talking about, you know, the gospel, to contrast the gospel with what Job's friends are doing. Because the gospel speaks to your inner darkness and fear and secrets and shame and says, come into the light. You don't have to live tormented by that. Right. Job's situation does not warrant the gospel. And when we take, in, in, in Job's not mired in his sins and darkness and oh, shame. Okay. He's, He's suffering. Okay. He's suffering. And when we take the message, you don't have to suffer in your pain and shame and sin to someone that that isn't happening to. Mm-hmm. We distort the gospel we, we, we cause them to suffer needlessly. Mm-hmm. And we just get to go and think, well, I took them the gospel. It's what they do with it. And we get to be all righteous, <laughs> self-righteous, unfortunately. Because Job's suffering is suffering that warrants not the gospel, but compassion. Mm-hmm. And understanding that things that happen to people don't always happen because they're separate from God. And if you get right with God, you won't ever suffer again. Because that's how the gospel is taken to a lot of people. A lot of people think that the gospel is, if you're right with God, you'll never have to suffer again. That's the message most churches get. Which makes you think when you suffer, I must not be right with God. Job is incredibly relevant today and every generation because if that is what you think the gospel is, that is not very good news when you suffer. Yeah, sure not. And it is; it's a lie. And and so the reality. The reality being that, oh, I love, I used to love the purple one. I can't eat them anymore, but I used to love the purple one. The reality being that what the gospel assures you of in the midst of your suffering is that the evidence you see around you 
and the things that happen to you don't take you away from God, keep you away from God, and aren't at all a suggestion that you're not right with God. That's the gospel of compassion. Mm-hmm. And, and that's so important to know the distinction of. Mm-hmm. Yes, people need the gospel in order to understand what Yeshua has done for them and in order to understand a, that they are a new creation in Messiah and to understand and shift their perspective about how they view themselves. No, you're not separated from God. Yeshua fixed that. You're a child of God. Embrace that. Understand that. Accept that. But once you embrace, understand, and accept that, that's not a guarantee. I mean, children of kings suffer all the time. A war that comes in becomes a persecution of a child of a king. Mm -hmm. Just because you live in the palace. Right. And, And God tells us, my kingdom is not contained in a palace. Go live among the poor. Go live among the needy. Go take this message of salvation to everyone at every corner of the world and to all the nations and let them know who they are in my eyes so that they can enter into a new understanding of relationship with me. They can have, because what we're saved from, and this is, this is the thing, it's what we're saved from and what we're saved to that is key. We are saved from the power of sin and death. We are saved to eternity with God and righteousness. If we confuse those things, when you're taught you're saved from the law, then that means you will think I'm saved from having to do anything to be righteous. Everything I do must be righteous. Yeah. And that ain't true. (laughs) If you think I'm saved from suffering, then when you suffer, you will question your salvation. If you think I'm saved from ever doing anything wrong, then when you do something wrong, you will question your salvation. Okay, so if you understand that you're saved from the power of sin and death, meaning when you sin, because you're gonna, (laughs) it will not separate you from God if you understand, you know, and and when you understand that 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 can give you a confidence. Mm -hmm of I and 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 the, the teaching of the Torah when you do wrong things being to make them right. So so you do wrong, you have you you can say with confidence as Job is saying, I am not separated from God. I do need to fix this. I need to restore relationship with my fellow man. I need to make amends if I've wronged someone and then let's get back to serving God. It doesn't have to be this long quagmire, you know, and the, the whole, the steps, the steps are back to that understanding. You know, the steps are about, I'm not God of my own world, and, and I don't get to make all the decisions based on what I think feels good or I want, and at the same time, I'm wronging people, so this isn't a good choice, therefore I need to accept that there's some, some power outside of me that can that can fix this because I can't fix it. (laughs) And if I can't fix it, I'm in trouble. So I'm going to first say there's a power outside of me that, that, that can guide me and I can move towards. And, 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 and and that's why that's where there's, there's a redemptive quality to that. And so, so this idea that we are not separated from God is really important. 
And that nothing, this is why Paul, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Nothing. Not a thing. And, and like we talked about last week, this is why we can say consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Because if you understand that even as a righteous person, you're suffering, but you're suffering differently. Mm-hmm. And you're an example of suffering righteously. Mm-hmm. And your suffering might be taking it away from someone else who can't suffer righteously. You can then consider it joy that you're going through, to be going through that. Not like happy, happy, joy, joy, skippy party, but real joy. <laughs> you know, you're not going to throw a, you're not going to throw a suffering shindig, you know, come watch me sit on the trash heap and scrape my open wounds, you know, but. <laughs> that brings us to what we, we were doing the power shop. Uh-huh. Yes. And then, uh, it was saying, when she just said, nothing can separate us from the love of God. But remember what it was saying in that one passage about the things that we do to open up ourselves. To oh, yeah. Right. With yeah. bitterness. Right. With anger. We're not separated from God. We're just we miserable in the relationship. Up. Yeah, right. We can open that up. And then we don't have a field day on. It's almost like that. like, fall into a raw because, you know, you don't. If you follow his word, you are less likely to give him access. To right. But in areas where you lack certain kind of well, you discernment, lack. Or right. Or you right. sin, then like, access comes in that way. But, you can still, you know, you're, still but you're still not separated from God, no. and, you can, no. and, it, and you can fix it. Right. right. You're never right. separated from God, like you said. And then there's, but our thinking isn't always focused on yeah, him. Yeah, if your thinking right. is mm-hmm. off, then mm-hmm. you'll never be separated from him, but you can definitely. You can open. You the can door. suffer. You can you, that you can experience. Yeah. Right. You can open the door but it's like when you when you've been married for years and years and years, mm-hmm. you're still married. Mm-hmm. But if you're hiding, if you're if you're not confessing something, or if you're not willing to open and, and heal something, or if there's something that's happened that you're not handling correctly, mm-hmm. you are experiencing separation right. mm-hmm. emotionally. You know, mm-hmm. intimately, there, there's there's a there's a problem, uh-huh. but you're not separated. Mm-hmm. And a loving partner, at the point where you come and say, "This is what's happened," then you heal and you reconcile. But it's not like you were divorced for that time. You know, you're not separated, right. but you're isolating yourself. Mm-hmm. God's always there. Right, we're the one to turn away. You know, right? He's the one who says, "Take one step towards me, and I'm running to you." We're good. Right. We're good. Stop putting yourself through this. So, so under, but under, yeah, that's what I was going to, as we, I'm clicking on the Job thing on my thing, but what is, uh, I was just saying, like, if we have so many problems with, like, the devil or whatever, why don't just God just get, if he's so strong? Be, because he's not strong. That's the whole thing. His role is not, it's not, a lot of times it's been presented almost in a Marvel Comics way. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a hero and an anti-hero. It's Jesus and Satan battling to the death, you know. And, and that's not, I thought I had that turned off. That's not what's happening. It's not, I mean, it is over, it is done, but Satan, Satan was never that anyway. Mm-hmm. Satan doesn't come, you know, he, he's the prosecuting attorney. Okay, if you're on the witness stand, the prosecuting attorney is going to try and trip you up and get you to reveal something about yourself. He's going to get you to confess. He's going to get you to do something. So what Hasetan brings when he, when he deceives people, it's up to, I mean, it's really on them whether they were deceived or not. 
if they have right doctrine, then just like when Hasetan went to Yeshua and tried to deceive him for 40 days in the wilderness, and Yeshua wasn't deceived because he knew the truth. So, so when Hasetan says, you know, and really all he ever, all he's ever able to do with his, with his doctrine and with his ideas is he challenges the character of God. And if you buy into a challenged character of God, then you end up kind of going. But the ultimate thing is it's all good because challenging you in that way leads you into experiences that allow God to show and challenge that, that misunderstanding and reveal his true self so that you are ultimately brought to more righteousness. Does that make sense? So it's kind of like his job is to point out your weaknesses. Right. But, but he points out the weaknesses so that you can be made strong in them. Right. Right. Because if it weren't a weakness in you, you wouldn't get tripped up by it. Right. Which is why people can, you know, especially people who are real studied, you know, how Satan comes in and makes a, and because Satan, how Satan means the accuser. That's, that's who he is. So he comes in and he says, you know, well, did God really say this? And the person who studied goes, no, he said this. And then Hasetan says, well, did he say this? No, he said this. And he keeps going, and you don't struggle in those areas. But then there'll be one where he goes, well, what about this? Oh, I don't know. Did he say that? And suddenly, you know. <laughs> and he's like, I got it. Okay. So then, then how you respond to that is what determines the experience you have with that. Because if you say, I don't know, let me go find out, you will have a very different experience than if you go, I don't know, maybe he did, maybe I don't know anything about God, maybe, what's happening in my life, I can't even see God anymore. You'll have a very different experience. Mm -hmm. But Hasetan doesn't make you have one reaction over the other. Don't talk too long to the devil. Tell him to shut up. Yes, and that's why. See, when people are always going into battle with the devil, get out of the battle because the battle's won. What are you exactly. doing? You're alone on the field running around like an idiot. Because the only weapons... <laughs> the offensive weapons we have are the word of God, which is our two-edged sword, which cuts through truth and lies. That's right. And that's where if your response is, I don't know. Let me see. And you go to the word of God and you begin to study and try to grow and understanding. And the other thing we're told is, and that's our only offensive weapon. If we do anything, that's what we're supposed to do. And then we are told, resist the devil and he will flee. And when temptation comes, look for the way, look for the way of escape. Look for the way. Yeah, because it doesn't say God won't let you, God won't let you, because a lot of people say God won't, God won't let you suffer more than you can handle. Yeah, he will, because he wants you to turn to him. But it does say God will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can stand up under without providing a way of escape. Meaning you'll be tempted beyond what you can stand up under, but there'll be lots of ways of escape. And if you have your two-edged sword, then turning to that is the first way of escape. When something starts to happen and you start to wonder what to do and you start to question how you're supposed to handle it, if your first line of defense is to turn to the Word of God, you will find yourself in a lot less problem situations 
Though you still might go through things that challenge your understanding and that grow you in your understanding and that help you see God differently. And, and yet that is where when you understand that all of that is aiming you towards righteousness, you can go, oh, I'm learning something new about God. I didn't realize this before, as opposed to my whole world is upside down. You know? <laughs> so so Hasekhan's role is pivotal because if there were no accuser, we would all just go around thinking we had it all right with no one to challenge us, except other people who thought they had it right. You know, so, so when the accuser comes in and points out our weaknesses, it's an opportunity to grow. And when we can keep that in mind, then even when we're not thrilled about it, or even when we're sitting on a trash heap, okay, because Job does grow through this. Job stays righteous, but Job's lack of understanding in certain areas of how God works are revealed in this. Yeah. It doesn't mean he's separated from God. It doesn't mean he's sinning by not understanding. Mm -hmm. But God does come in at the end and go, oh, yeah, where were you when I created the earth? I don't answer to you. So, no, I have not failed you in not coming in and telling you why this was happening. Remember the order uh, of, of authority here in the sense that I'm God and you're not. You know? <laughs> and he's, he's not... He doesn't sugarcoat it. <laughs> and when we get to that, it's, it's a really powerful thing. I think next week or the week after, we'll get to that. Because Job really is really, really long. Um, but let's go ahead. And so the, I, just wanted, I, I just wanted to show, I put the map in here. Um, this is where it's thought, like the land of Uz is kind of right outside of, right, right above and outside of, uh, of um, Israel. It's where Jordan is, wasn't it? Yeah, it, about, yeah, it's that area. But, but he was a Canaanite. I mean, this so was, Job a, was Job was a Canaanite. Okay. And he was in the land of Uz. Okay. Um, and the, then Chaldea up there. And, and so it's kind of a limited map. But I thought it, I, I like visuals when I can have them. And yeah. so that idea that this is, this is where he is. So it wasn't in Chaldea? That's where? Um, are you just showing that? To just kind of showing. And okay. I'm trying to remember because it says, I think Chaldea might be the area. Okay. But I think Uz is in the land of Chaldea. Okay. So is Uz near Ur? Not sure. I mean, because Abraham, you said. Yeah, Abraham was, this is, yeah, it's under, it's believed that he was a peer and a neighbor of Job, and that that's how Job, Job as a Canaanite understood all of these things because Abraham had taught him. Okay. And then Job, and because of things that his friends say, we understand that Job then took all of these things to his friends and shared them. And so his friends who came to him to be with him, you know, during Sukkot and his suffering, they, they have some understanding. Mm -hmm. But what they show is their lack of understanding. Yeah. Okay, so where we are, frontal attack, two days of judgment, all of Job's things, Job's health. We've kind of gone through all of this. See, I told you I was organized and it was relevant. <laughs> So, so Satan switches to a covert attack. His three friends come and sit with him. and Oh, I, that should be seven days. His three friends, seven days. Then begin to speak and give us examples of every false doctrine Satan uses to discourage us. Mm -hmm. And the accuser's goal is to get Job and us to curse God. That's the whole idea. That's the whole idea. So if nothing else, if you just don't curse God, you're good. Right. You know, <laughs> even if you're wailing and moaning, read the laments. Take comfort in rereading Job. Take comfort in the laments of the Psalms. There are lots of things. This idea that if you're right with God, you'll be happy is ridiculous. Yeah. Happiness is really not even talked about in the Bible. Yeah. Jesus said you'll have trials and tribulations. That's right. Yeah. And it's and joy in that. Good 
Yeah. Right. That's how, you know, the poor person sitting down, you know, the widow giving her two mites is, you know, the, the person, it's just, this is all I have, but God, I give it to you joyfully. And Yeshua's response is she just gave more. Then, then the guy who came in with the big box of treasure and all the pomp and circumstance and the people clearing the way for him and the big jingle bells on his talit that call attention. Look, I'm walking up to the box. Clink, 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 clink. You know, she goes over and I'm so grateful I have this to give to you, God. And I trust you for everything. I mean, because keeping this is not going to help me. You know? <laughs> She's not, you know, she's not so, I'm giving you my last because I trust you. She's saying, here you go. Do whatever you're going to do with it. If it's my turn to die, okay. Yeah. I don't want to be, I don't want to be caught with this, you know. It's yours. It's a different heart. Yeah. So um, I, this is the last couple of verses from what we ended with. I thought it would be really good so that we, because sometimes I'm trying to sum up what we ended with. This is the end of Job 19. Oh, that my words were now written. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book. So he gets his wish. That with an iron pen and lead, they were engraved in the rock forever. But as for me, I know that my Redeemer lives. In the end, he will stand upon the earth. After my skin is destroyed, then in my flesh shall I see God, whom I, even I, shall see on my side. So he's my defender. My eyes shall see and not as a stranger. So I, I just, oh, and then my heart is consumed within me. If you say how we will persecute him, because the root of the matter is found in me, be afraid of the sword. In other words, if you think you're going to come against me and, and expose all the weakness, and not, be afraid of the sword, for wrath brings the punishments of the sword that you may know there is a judgment. Okay, now, keeping in mind, this is an Old Testament book. That is, that is a very, I mean, that pretty much sums up the New Testament. It really does. I know my Redeemer lives. Right. He, in the end, will be standing with me, defending me. Right. Judgment comes, don't be on the wrong side. Because if you're against me, you're on the wrong side. So, then Zophar the Namathite answered and said, Therefore my thoughts answer me, because of my haste within me. I hear censure that insults me. Really? How did you pick up on that? <laughs> I hear censure that insults me, and out of my understanding, a spirit answers me. So I always joke about the, the guy on that one show who was like, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and my good common sense, I need to say. <laughs> you know? Really, really, it was the, the Holy Spirit that got you and not your offense that you just admitted to. <laughs> a spirit, out of my understanding, a spirit answers me. Do you not know this from old, since man was placed on earth, that the exulting of the wicked is short and the joy of the godless but for a moment? So he's saying to him, you know, you're insulting me from a very weak position. You're on the trash heap. The, the, uh, the, uh, the exulting of the wicked is short. You, know, you want to go out and praise yourself, it'll be quick. And the joy of the godless, but for a moment. Though his height mount up to the heavens, whoops, that's okay. Though his height mount up to the heavens and his head reach to the clouds, he will perish forever like his own dung. Those who have seen him will say, where is he? He will fly away like a dream and not be found. He will be chased away like a vision of the night. 
The eye that saw him will see him no more, nor will his place any more behold him. His children will seek the favor of the poor, and his hands will give back his wealth. His bones are full of his youthful vigor, but it will lie down with him in the dust. Though evil is sweet in his mouth, though he hides it under his tongue, though he is loath to let it go and holds it in his mouth, yet his food is turned in his stomach. It is the venom of cobras within him. He swallows down riches and vomits them up again. God casts them out of his belly. He will suck the poison of cobras. The tongue of a viper will kill him. He will not look upon the rivers, the streams flowing with honey and curds. He will give back the fruit of his toil and will not swallow it down. From the profit of his trading, he will get no enjoyment, for he has crushed and abandoned the poor. He has seized a house that he did not build. Because he knew no contentment in his belly, he will not let anything in which he delights escape him. There was nothing left after he had eaten. Therefore, his prosperity will not endure. In the fullness of his sufficiency, he will be in distress. The hand of everyone in misery will come against him. To fill his belly to the full, God will send his burning anger against him and rain it upon him into his body. So you can almost see him going, see what I'm describing, Job? Do you see how everything that you had was taken away from you and how you lost it all and your children died and now you're sitting on a trash heap? Do you see how this works? Don't you come at me. Don't you put your bile on me. Don't you accuse me of having it wrong because I'm not on the trash heap. It's the first friend? Yeah. Good friend, huh? Well, this is, I mean, they keep going back and forth. But he says... um, He will flee from an iron weapon. A bronze arrow will strike him through. It is drawn forth and comes out of his body. The glittering point comes out of his gallbladder. Terrors come upon him. Because if your gallbladder is punctured, all the the bile in it, the the sour, nasty, the bile is what goes into your intestines to help you digest fatty things. And it's yellow and and it's acidic and it's... Um, oh, is that yeah. the thing that comes up when you like throw up? When you, there's yes, and there's nothing. There's yes, nothing yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so he's saying if it when he talks, so the idea that your gallbladder will be pierced is that that secret hidden place where you've got that evil inside of you. God's gonna pierce it, and it'll all come pouring out, and we'll all see it. I don't know what you're hiding, Job, but it's something, and I know it because of what's happening to you. That's what he's saying. Utter darkness is laid up for his treasures. A fire not fanned will devour him. What is left in his tent will be consumed. The heavens will reveal his iniquity and the earth will rise up against him. The possessions of his house will be carried away, which is what happened to him, dragged off in the day of God's wrath. This is the wicked man's portion from God, the heritage decreed for him by God. So he's saying, I know you're wicked, no matter how much you deny it, I know you're wicked because this happened to you. I'm watching where you are, and it's proof. So Job responds. Okay, so tell me, do we like these slides? I, I, it is so I, cool. Okay, I like, I like the them. words like continue. Yeah, I like it. It's a lot, and it's so much easier for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then Job answered and said, Keep listening to my words and let this be your comfort. 
Bear with me, and I will speak. And after I have spoken, mock on. Wow. Mock on. Mock on. Go ahead. He's like, go ahead. Say whatever you want. But I'm going to have my say too. As for me, is my complaint against man? Why should I not be impatient? Look at me and be appalled and buy your hand over your mouth. Or, and lay your hand over your mouth. So in other words, yes, when you look at my situation, you should be disgusted. I am in a disgusting situation. I'm not defending what you're looking at. It says, when I remember I am dismayed and shuddering seizes my flesh, why do the wicked live, reach old age, and grow mighty in power? Their offspring are established in their presence. Okay, so, so his friend is saying, doctrinally, I'm going to tell you this is what happens to the wicked. And Job's response is, oh yeah, let's talk about the wicked. Because this is actually what often happens to them. So he says, their offspring are established in their presence and their descendants before their eyes. Their houses are safe from fear and no rod of God is upon them. Their bull breeds without fail. Their cow calves and does not miscarry. They send out their little boys like a flock and their children dance. They sing to the tambourine and the lyre and, the rejoice, or, and rejoice to the sound of the pipe. They spend their days in prosperity and in peace they go down to Sheol or to the grave. They say to God, Depart from us. We do not desire the knowledge of your ways. What is the Almighty that we should serve him? And what profit do we get if we pray to him? Behold, is not their prosperity in their hand? The counsel of the wicked is far from me. How often is it that the lamp of the wicked is put out, that their calamity comes upon them, that God distributes pains in his anger? So he's saying, in reality, let's talk about this. How often do the wicked that you know actually suffer? Not often. He says that they are like straw before the wind and like chaff that the storm carries away. So he's got, you've got this pretty picture of how it all works, that we can recognize the wicked by, by their suffering. Really? Really? It's like, it's so interesting because this is so related to right now. Yes. Never gets older. The yep. Past, like right now, because the the wicked of this day, it, that's exactly what it looks like. Mm-hmm. They, they're rich. They don't have. They don't get to suffer like we do. They don't. You know. They they're partying. Trials and stuff. Like yeah. everything's all great. They can do whatever they want. <laughs> right. And like last week, one of the things as we were talking is I said, you you don't know, but maybe that person that you look at who is rich and looks like he has it all together. Maybe God knows that anything less than what that man has, he'd be raping, killing, and murdering, and stealing in order to get it. And maybe he has it as mercy to everyone around him. We don't know. We can't look at other people and judge their hearts. And this is, this is where all of the talk about not judging comes from. We can judge actions as righteous or wicked. But we can't judge hearts as saved or unsaved, and we better be darn clear and careful when we're judging actions that we're actually understanding what's happening. So he says, 
you say God stores up their iniquity for their children. Okay, so when the wicked don't suffer in their day, then we say, well, their children will suffer. Let him pay it out to them that they may know it. Let their own eyes see their destruction and let them drink of the wrath of the Almighty. He says, for what do they care for their houses after them when the number of their months is cut off? Will any teach God knowledge, seeing that he judges those who are on high? One dies in his full vigor, being wholly at ease and secure, his pails full of milk and the marrow of his bones moist. Another dies in bitterness of soul, never having tasted of prosperity. They lie down alike in the dust and the worms cover them. So in the end, they're both in the grave. Behold, I know your thoughts and your schemes to wrong me. For you say, where is the house of the prince? Where is the tent in which the wicked lived? Have you not asked those who travel the roads? And do you not accept their testimony that the evil man is spared in the day of calamity? That he is rescued in the day of wrath? So he's like, you know, I, this evil that you're throwing at me. You want to accuse me of being evil because of what you see, but the reality is what you see does not come upon the evil. The wicked don't look like this. So so don't you dare say I'm wicked because of what you see. It doesn't work that way. He says, who who declares his way to his face and who repays him for what he has done? When he is carried to the grave, Watch is kept over his tomb. The clods of the valley are sweet to him. All mankind follows after him, and those who go before him are innumerable. How then will you comfort me with empty nothings? There is nothing left of your answers but falsehood. I think that's the end of this chapter. So we'll save this for next week because we're at one o'clock and they're going to be coming in and setting up for the Thanksgiving meal. But the next thing we're going to do is Eliphaz speaks and accuses Job of great wickedness. So if the wicked, so if the wicked suffer and we know that, and you're saying, no, the wicked prosper. Well, maybe it's the greatly wicked and you must be really more wicked than we realize. Is the third one extremely wicked? I'm just saying. It, it just gets this, but this is the thing. When people come in to comfort you with their understanding and you don't find it a comfort and you express that they generally get offended that you've challenged their comforting. And the problem is when you go to comfort someone without compassion, this is how they experience it. This is what it sounds like. It's not comfort at all. And, and so we'll, we'll get into Eliphaz and Job's back and forth next week. And I will hopefully have the kinks worked out and the music will work. It worked last week, so I know we can do it. I don't know what happened. I'll figure it out. But may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his countenance upon you and he grant you his peace. And may you go out and be comforted and comfort with good news and compassion and great thanksgiving in this next week. Amen. Amen. So...